Preseason award season has begun for Utah football. We've seen a couple of players get named to some teams. What does that mean? And will they be able to make those squads by the end of the year? We're talking about all today's Locked On. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistow, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. With Bird Dogs, you can go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that's all caps, no spaces, College. they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments, too. And speaking of interacting, we are excited to have on Michelle Bodkin today of KSL Sports to talk about something that doesn't relate to conference media realignment talks for once. We're actually going to be talking about, yes, as both of us. <laughs> we are actually going to talk about some, we're kind of in that preseason. We're only two, a little over two months away from Utah football's first game, which is it's crazy that we're at this point. So it's kind of Time to start talking about some of the preseasons awards that are being mentioned and named. And uh, one of the guys who puts a lot of stuff out is Phil Steele, who um, he releases popular previews every year. He's the voter on over 20 college football awards, including the Heisman, a former ESPN insider, too. And he, like I mentioned, he released some awards. And the first one was he released is All-Americans, which include just college football in general. And that did feature three youths. He did a first, second, third and fourth team. He had Junior Tafuna on the second team, Cole Bishop on the third team and Keaton Bills on the fourth team and Michelle. Let's start with Tafuna. I think him being on the second team is totally deserving when you look at just his contributions over the last two years, freshman of the year in 2021, then last year, one of the leaders of this Utah defense overall to just a guy, 27 tackles overall. But I feel like the stats don't even do him justice with how many times he wrecks plays on the interior with his ability to take on double teams and just force runs to be bounced to kind of the outside where you have some other guys waiting to make the plays overall. So I definitely could see Tafuna achieving second team All-American status, and I feel like he could have a monster monster year on the interior for Utah. Yeah, you know, I I feel like Junior is someone that maybe might have a a bit of a bounce back year this year. Like mm-hmm. he was good last year, but I don't think he was as good as he was his freshman year and mm-hmm. there's reasons for that and that's not an unusual thing to have happen. You know, guys kind of break out onto the scene, nobody knows about them and so they mm-hmm. kind of sneak up on people and then the next year you have film on them. You understand what they do a little bit better. Uh, and so it's kind of on the guy to adjust. And so that second year can sometimes be a little bit rough and tough. And I think it was for junior to some degree. Uh, so I expect a much better performance in 2023. Uh, uh, and someone else pointed out to, you know, new position coach as well. So, yeah. you know, you're maybe being taught some things that are a little uncomfortable at the moment that you're trying to wrap your head around. Uh, so all the way around, I kind of expect him to have a better season. He's proven he's more than capable, obviously with his freshman year in 2021. Uh, And I think he kind of gets back to that level and really takes this defense and the defensive line to uh, a higher level and a quicker start than maybe we've seen the last two seasons. 
I totally agree. And I think the one thing about junior, especially as we're like, when we talk about stats and numbers, because that's how we're used to kind of analyzing and looking at how effective guys are for football junior, because he had those four sacks in 21, he didn't have the same production in 2022. I think those four sacks, I think he is kind of more of a one to two sack kind of player. He's not a guy who's just this disruptive interior pass rusher as say maybe a Samote Peppa is more of that kind of, I think his sacks were more situational dependent. We've seen how sacks can kind of wane year to year just based on the situation now things kind of work out which much more reliable is looking at kind of pressure rate and those type of things when you talk about defensive linemen their ability to get after it because sacks can be such a wonky stat sometimes but mm -hmm. i agree with you that i think he's going to get off to a much stronger start than he did say against florida i think he's going to continue to be a run stuffing force and i could see him getting still two to three sacks this year but look for him to wreck more plays overall especially earlier in the year just second year as you mentioned with a new defensive line coach too so those kind of things just take time to settle in overall but expect a big year from junior another guy i expect a big year from is cole bishop i mean cole bishop the last two seasons has been incredible for this utah defense if you're looking at what he did in 2022 83 tackles at a sack and a half two passes deflected an interception he's a guy who's all over the field can make plays inside the box and outside the box i think bishop is one of the more underrated players in not just the pac-12 but i would even say college football i just feel like a lot not a lot of people looked him i think when you talk about utah football of course you talk about cam rising that what the tight ends have done in brand keithy dalton kincaid but i think what bishop's done these last two seasons has been really strong and i expect him to have a, a just the best year of his career as he's kind of steadily gotten better each year so i can definitely see him making the third team all-american i expect him to be first team all pack 12 if not second team i think he can have an incredible year michelle yeah cole is another one that i think you know is gonna really show his leadership uh really i think take control of this defense mm -hmm. uh and not that he hasn't done that in the past but like you know we're talking about him he was a sophomore I, last year. It's hard to yeah, kind of be Yeah, I was going to say, if, if I'm like doing the math yeah. correct, uh, the COVID stuff still throws me off a little oh bit gosh, with some of I these know. guys. But yeah, he should be a junior this year. So, I mean, kind of crazy that he's already a junior now. It feels like just yesterday he started and, and kind of, you know, turned some heads. But he's at that point where I think you start seeing a comfort level. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's kind of another one. I felt like he was a lot more like loud his freshman year and he was a little more quiet last year but he was like sneaky good that's the yeah. thing is I think I think he was seeing things a lot better I think he was making like more finesse type plays that like really if you don't like sit back and break down the film you probably miss how brilliant he was uh, because he wasn't necessarily getting the interceptions or or the pass breakups the way that I think, or the fumble recoveries, mm -hmm. like we kind of remember from that 2021 season when he was a freshman. So now it's kind of, I think when you're a junior and you play, you know, safety, defensive back, it's kind of a time to try and marry those two concepts, right? Be the smart player, but also be the like really disruptive, loud make the big splashy plays, that sort of thing. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Cole does. And it's also interesting that like for some people, like they're super, super high on him. You see some NFL projections, mm -hmm. very early NFL projections, and they're thinking he's a first or second round pick. Oh, really? um, so it, I don't know if that's cooled down a little bit, but that was kind of mm -hmm. uh, like the initial prognostic indications yeah. uh the the had come out i think mm -hmm. shortly after the 2023 nfl draft wrapped up so you know i think there's big things on the plate for cole uh and it's just a matter of again having like a full fully rounded 
season. And I think he's more than capable of doing that. He absolutely is. And you know, it's one of those things I look back on the stats all the time and I'm always surprised when I remember he led the team in tackles. Like that's incredible. Like just obviously normally you see linebackers do that type of stuff. So Mm -hmm. it speaks to kind of some of the struggles we did see from the linebackers at times last season for Utah, but also just the good job he was as the last line of defense or whenever he did play in the box, what he was able to provide to. And I think Bishop's a guy too, who he just continues to produce. I mean, we could be looking at a guy who could like be a future Utah uh, hall of famer. We just saw they Mm -hmm. announced the most recent hall of fame class. Obviously he's going to have a ton of tackles by the time his career wraps up love to see a few more interceptions but once again he's more of a strong safety type guy so you're going to see him play in the box and not going to have as many opportunities to pick off passes either so i'm a huge fan of bishop's game i think he absolutely deserves his all american honor and as you mentioned if he has a huge year this could be his final year as a youth so it's going to be something that's interesting to monitor there was one other player named to phil Steele's all american team and there was a slew of youths of course named to his all pack 12 teams and we're going to touch on them in a moment but first want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Their stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. The problem with regular shorts is they are made with a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs was able to fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love wearing my Bird Dogs. I wear them to record this podcast, take my dog on a walk, hanging out with friends, going to the movies. You can use your Bird Dogs for whatever you want. They're used by a ton of celebrities as well. So make sure you guys go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all caps, no spaces, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you so once again go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college all caps no spaces to get in on that great offer from our friends at bird dogs michelle the final name we got to talk about as they were named to phil Steele's all-american preseason team is keaton bills offensive linemen are always underrated of course because we mm-hmm. kind of said like you just you, it's hard with it's the same thing with junior a little bit like there's only mm-hmm. so many certain tr- stats and everything you can track to see their effectiveness that's kind of where pff has really popped up and what they've been able to do but bills has just been a standout for this team the last two seasons you know really came in kind of late in 2021 and helped solidify that offensive line starting at eight games then last year earned all pack 12 honorable mention uh, played in 14 games, made 12 starts. I mean, pretty, was a starter all season for Utah, though, obviously, overall. Look, helped this team have a sensational season rough, rushing the ball for the last two years. Also provided pretty good protection for Cam in the pocket, too. I do not think Keaton is, like, one of the three best guards in college football, but I definitely think he's a guy who's a borderline top 15 guard in college football when you look week in, week out, especially with what he brings as a run blocker. And I feel like every game he would kind of get beat once or twice in pass protection, but overall – that's not that much getting beat once or twice. It's a long game. There's a lot of opportunities there. So I think Bills is definitely capable of reaching this. And I think he could have a first team all pack 12 type season in his third year as a full-time starter. Yeah. Uh, I think there's actually a couple of guys on Utah's offensive line that maybe mm-hmm. could get that nod when all said and done. Uh, it, Utah just has a stupid lineup of offensive linemen that they can draw from and pull from. And uh, they, they really seem to have come into their own with that position group. And of course, Keen Bills has been a key component of that. Uh, just a really kind of steady force. 
Uh, I know in the spring, Jim Harding was, you know, talking him up. He's kind of one of the leaders on that line, mm -hmm. uh, him and Lumea. So it's, it's, you know, those are kind of the two guys that they're looking for. And so it, it does not surprise me in the slightest uh, that his name is getting mentioned as a potential All-American, uh, you know, whether it's fourth team, first team, second team, whatever. Uh, and he's certainly going to probably be one of the top offensive linemen when all said and done in the Pac-12 as well. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. And speaking of the top offensive linemen in the Pac-12 and just other top players in the Pac-12, Phil Steele also did his preseason all-Pac-12 team. And mentioned to that, we're a slew of the first team guys he already brought up, Keaton Bills, or just the All-Americans, I should say. On the first team, he mentioned Keaton Bills, Satawa Laumea, Junior Tafuna, and Cole Bishop. So cool to see Laumea kind of rise up there after he was first team all-Pac-12 last year. On the second team, he has Brant Keithy, Leovani Damuni, Karene Reed also named in the second team. Michael Mokafisi, the lone selection on the third team. And then the fourth team for all Pac-12 is Cam Rising, Devon Vele, Jonah Ellis, to Travis Broughton, and Cole Becker overall. As for the things that stand out for me, I think it's awesome just to see Leovani DeMuni there. This is a guy who was at Stanford last year, was incredible for the Cardinal for the past few seasons, and I think sometimes gets forgotten about a little bit when we've been talking about Utah football just because he wasn't he had to finish school at Stanford, couldn't be an early enrollee in the spring. But, I mean, he's coming off a season in which he had 76 tackles, 31 of those solo, uh, 45 assisted overall, deflected a couple of passes, had a sack, forced two fumbles on the season. This has been a playmaker and not a lot of things have gone Stanford's way the last two years. Demuni is one of those who's been a huge positive, And I think he could come in and have a huge impact for this Utah team, Michelle. Yeah. I, I, they wouldn't have brought him in if they didn't think that mm -hmm. he would be useful to them. Uh, that, that's just kind of the bottom line. Cause they already have a linebacker room. That's pretty deep and it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. You know, Damuni gets the nod from Phil Still, but I one noticeable name not on there is Lander Barton. Yes. Uh, so, and I think Lander Barton has some arguments to be made. And, right. you know, depending on how much play Justin Medlock gets, he might be another one uh, mm -hmm. that potentially is is sleeping being slept on yeah. under the radar. People aren't talking about him. Uh, so it. Like I said, very interesting because you have Kareni Reed in this in this list of, of yep. people. Um, but you have I, I and I think especially Lander Barn. Interesting that he wasn't even considered for this. No. Uh, but again, I think that goes to how deep Utah is. I've, you can't necessarily name everybody Utah yeah, I know. <laughs> on these all all American and all Pac-12 teams. Like other people have to be represented too. Uh, so it. You know, we'll see. But I do think, you know, based off of his stats at Stanford and the fact that Utah wanted him, the fact that Utah is really good at plugging in people uh, and having success with them either on the defensive or offensive side of the ball, you know, there there's good reason why Damuni's on this list. And it just will be interesting to see, is he the only one or do they have to like make room for some of these other guys that very, very well could have been named to this list as well? The loaded linebacker room, and uh, to your point, too, just talk about kind of some of the omissions. Uh, Lander Barton was one of the biggest ones to me. I, I would be surprised if he's not on one of the three, or I mean, this one goes four, so four back mm -hmm. 12 teams overall. That would be surprising to me. I think another guy, but I understand why uh, someone like Phil Steele might miss. I think Jaquinda Jackson's just going to have a monster year. I think yeah. when you look at the flashes last year, he's even more comfortable. I think he's got a chance to be a first or second team guy. Zamaya Vaughn is another one. I understand why JT Broughton got the nod for Steele, just looking at the career overall, how many games he started, but I 
think Vaughn is by the end of the season going to be cornerback one. It could definitely still be Broughton, but I just think Vaughn is in for a huge year. And as for the other two omissions, just to me, I think Samote Peppa's definitely got a shot at this when you look at how he broke out at the end of the season. And look, Sione Vaki's a guy who just makes plays. And to yeah. me, that's the kind of guy who has all Pac-12 kind of written all over it as well. But what do you think of those kind of group? And are there any other omissions or guys I didn't mention that you think have a shot to make this list? I think you named all the ones that I had mm-hmm. kind of gone, huh, <laughs> yeah. like, interesting. Like I, I understand it. There's only mm-hmm. so many spots. And again, this isn't just Utah. This is the entire Pac-12 and and you have to try and represent everybody. And, you know, everybody has somebody that at least one person that's, uh, you know, I think worthy of of the nod and the recognition. And, and for some of these others, you just got to go out there and prove it. And that's that's kind of. I think where a Jaquindon Jackson is, that's that's where a Sione Vaki is. They're, you know, relatively new as a Maya Vaughn. Yeah. You know, they're kind of relatively new uh, to, to what they're doing. They, they have made great strides. They made a lot of noise last year. They were very productive for Utah. Uh, but you kind of have to do it again. Yeah. So uh, it, I get it. Um, I, I agree with you. I think some of those guys, I think some of those names are going to end up being on some of these final lists when all is mm-hmm. said and done. But uh, it, it's always interesting, perhaps when someone like you or myself are very familiar with a team uh, versus someone that's maybe not as familiar mm-hmm. and trying to to make the best guess. 100%. Like I have, I, I would be shocked if I saw Sione Vaki on like any of these lists, right? Just because it felt like what he was doing kind of late in the season was really special. But just like, if you're trying to keep an eye as a guy like Phil Steele, a lot of these guys are on every college program. Mm-hmm. I think you miss the guys like the Vakis of the world. You miss a Jaquindon Jackson a little bit. And that's where it's really exciting that those guys are going to have the opportunity to prove people wrong. And something I think they're going to be able to do. And uh, speaking of proving people wrong, as we mentioned, these lists are incredibly hard to make. I don't hold uh, Phil Steele to any fault for having guys like too low. There's some guys here who uh, may even be a little high in, in my personal mark. I hope these guys can achieve it, but that's just a personal thing. One that's interesting to me is Brant Keithy on the second team. I just fit a full season of Brant Keithy. I would be shocked if he's not a first team kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one that people may look at and maybe not be pleased with is seeing Cam on the fourth team. But when you think about the Pac-12 and quarterbacks, yeah. Caleb Williams just won the Heisman. Michael Penix, I haven't seen a quarterback list that doesn't have him top three. And I haven't seen another list that doesn't have Bo Nix as a top five college quarterback. So I actually think fourth is kind of where Cam should kind of fit and belong. Just when you look at the Pac-12 is the best quarterback conference in college football this coming year. And it's really not that close when you look at the chance that they could have three guys go in the first round. And I'm not including Cam Rising in that conversation because of what Penix, Williams, and Nix accomplished last year and have the momentum going into this year. So to me, like I said, I would bump Keithy up and I don't have an issue with Cam at four. Uh, as long as Cam is on the list and in the consideration, yes. uh, I think it's fine. I think you could make an argument that perhaps he's at least above Penix and, and Nix, uh, just because he's won the Pac-12 twice now. Neither yep. of them have done that. Uh, and in some ways, you could probably make that argument for Caleb Williams, too. But I understand there's you know some stats that go into it. Um, there are, there's a lot of things that you weigh. And so I don't think these lists are wrong as long as all four are represented. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can make different arguments for where people perhaps belong, depending on what metrics uh, or measurement <laughs> you, you choose to use. So, um, you know, that's going to be open for debate. It'll be interesting to see if that's really, truly how things end up panning out. But I do agree with you. Uh, the quarterback situation in the Pac-12 is looking pretty 
pretty spectacular. I think we're going to see some really awesome games from the quarterback level in 2023. 100%. When you look at some of the numbers Jaden Delora threw up last season, when you talk about DJU going over to Oregon State, a guy I think got way too much hate just because of he was trying to had to live up to Deshaun Watson and what Trevor Lawrence did during their time at Clemson. I think he's a really productive player too. And a guy in Shador Sanders, who I don't expect to start the season off great just because of what a big and jump in talent and transition he's making. I think by the time they come up to, I still expect Utah to beat Colorado, obviously, but I still think he'll, I think he'll be playing his best football the season late in the year. So he's another guy too. I expect to be really talented. So it's a loaded Pac-12 with in terms of talent wise and the Utes are going to be well represented on these all Pac-12 teams once the season comes to a close and uh, cool to see a lot of these guys getting these honors overall and uh, one thing that's also really cool when it comes to Utah athletics is seeing the recruiting class and just the talent that Utah gymnastics is bringing in the latest they have brought in is a temple transfer and Ashley Glenn who comes in to join the team and Glenn is just the latest in a talented group Michelle when you talk about some of the five and the four stars joining this Utah gymnastics program overall what coach Farden is bringing in is is just an incredibly group of talented athletes that I think are once again going to give them an opportunity to not just in the short term continue to go for national championships, but in the long term too. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, Utah, I think they fell off the recruiting end a little bit with gymnastics and Tom Farden's brought that back in, yes. a, in a very, very big way. He's, I think, very intentional about who he brings in, why he brings them in. And I think we see that in someone, uh, excuse me, like Ashley Glenn, that they just barely signed from Temple. Uh, she, she has experience competing all four events, but the major one for her is vault. And that's an area that Utah desperately, desperately needs to improve in. Yeah. Uh, it's cost them some meets and especially down the road in, in when it counts the most uh, as far as jockeying for space in the national championships. Uh, the last two seasons, a bad vault rotation has really done them in and mm -hmm. placed third instead of, you know, maybe second or first. Yeah. So I, I think bringing in someone like her that helps bolster that roster uh, is huge. Uh, you look at someone like Avery Neff, uh, she's graduating early to join join them uh, in 2023 I, or 2024. Excuse me. I don't think she was actually technically mm -hmm. supposed to show up until 2025, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I mean, she's a girl that just wins and, and is good at everything. And uh, it's just he's he's getting good at identifying those types of athletes, both people that can help with everything and just make the entire for for rotations deep and competitive but also plugging in people that maybe can help with very specific areas we also saw that i think last year with oh my gosh i'm gonna abby brenner yeah. uh, coming in you know she she came in and she really helped out with vault and bars early on and then later became a bit of a staple on on floor as well and really helped kind of anchor them and and give them some juice so uh, I love where Utah Gymnastics is at. I love what Tom Farden's doing, again, in being so intentional in who and why he brings people in and what for. Uh, and I think at some point it will pay off for Utah and, and they'll get where they want to be in. The, the the national championship drought will finally end. So it's it's exciting to see. I'm excited to see this class. I, I know they have like three or four five-star girls coming in uh, and it should be just very, very exciting. 
It is going to be exciting. It's a really talented group. And look, Utah football, Utah gymnastics. And now, I mean, Utah women's basketball, the season they had last year too, you're kind of talking about the three uh, powerhouse. I mean, you could even rope Utah softball in for some of the stuff they've been to as usual. It's always a good time to be a Ute. And Michelle, it may be a little quiet in terms of there's no sports going on for Utah right now, but there's always stuff to talk about. So what should people head over to kslsports.com to take a look at? Yeah, I mean, you know, now we're kind of getting into, again, the the preseason watch lists for right. awards for all Pac-12, for all All-American. Uh, so, you know, we try and keep up on, on those as much as possible. Uh, we're starting to get into kind of some of the analysis, breaking down, looking at, you know, what each week in the Pac-12 is going to look like for Utah based off of, you know, things that have been written about the other teams they're going to be facing. Uh, I think I'm about halfway through that at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, in a week or two, I'm going to start breaking down, you know, each position group at Utah and just really kind of reminding people where Utah stands before we start heading into fall camp. Uh, and then, you know, who, who knows what else might come up? You know, there's just, there's always just various things that pop up and it's good timing and, and a good topic to talk about. So definitely head over to KSL Sports uh, to keep up with all of it and follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Bodkin KSL Sports. Make sure you guys head over and check out all of that great content Michelle has cooking up. Also, make sure you guys come back to our show tomorrow as Porter Larson will be joining me to discuss where Utah should rank going into the 2023 season. Michelle, thank you for joining us. Anytime. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.